The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Good morning, everyone. You found Financial Food for Thought. Got Mark Donnelly and Carrie Waddell. So, Carrie, I'm calling today's show Burning Down the House Bill. Okay. Because Monday of this week, we've got what the House Ways and Means, you know, the main tax committee in the House. Richard Neal, of course, is the chairman. One of the people I said listen to because... He is going to have a lot of say in what the Democratic tax progression is. So they came out with their blueprint on what tax law changes they want to get passed, right, that will help pay for the $3.5 trillion mm. soft infrastructure bill that they still mm. hope to get done under the budget resolution with only the 50 votes in the Senate. Where's your little ka-ching button? Because I could hear that coming. So, and I'll spend some time on that today. We got a lot of questions during the week on it. And again, a couple things you want to keep in mind. One, it's by no means tax law yet. It's not a done deal. Not at all. And how many things are talked about and people panic about, but they never come to fruition. And secondly, when you hear the new tax law changes or read the headlines, be careful because they might not be talking about you. Or they may. And or they you may. need to be proactive because right now we might have opportunities in 2021 that may be gone in 2022 and in future years. That's the double-edged sword. In other words, you have to quickly get up to speed on whether if there is a chance, and I think there's less than a 50% chance that these these mm. ones get passed. But let's say they do. Well, I thought there was a less than 50% Biden would get elected too. Oh, there so, you go. Here so, we go. So the idea is you've got to quickly determine whether you need to do something before the end of the year. And don't look now, but that's coming fast. Now, we also had President Biden this week trying to explain why he thinks we need to be on board with some of these tax law changes. Working people were struggling to make it long before the pandemic arrived. Big corporations and the very wealthy were doing very well before the pandemic. That's why I've said starting back in my campaign for president, it's not enough to just build back. We have to build back better than before. And that's how it all begins. Big corporations and super wealth, they have to start paying their fair share of taxes. Pay your fair share, Carrie. It's long overdue. Mm. I'm not out to punish anyone. I'm a capitalist. You know, I, I'm, I'm I don't sorry. Think you're a capitalist, Joe Biden. Well, I, well maybe he is for himself. I, I'm sorry, Carrie. You know, listen, I've listened to this a couple times. It, is he talking down to the American public? Yeah, because that's what the politics is, this elitism. We know what's best for you I mean, as the American yeah. people. To me, it's like an old grandpa who's like trying to explain to his, you know, toddler grandchildren why they shouldn't be pulling the cat's tail. If you can make a million or a billion dollars, that's great. God bless you. I agree All with I'm that. Is you pay your fair share. That's a pay relative term. Don't we have a Just tax like system? <coughs> Go ahead. Mm, fair share. I'm like, I, I've seen like you earn more, they take more. Mm. Yeah, kind of. I don't know. Yeah. But that isn't happening now. What? Today in this country right now, the top 1%, for example, 
evade an estimated $160 billion in taxes that they owe each year. Not new taxes. I want to know how much Hunter Biden has abated in, yeah. in, in, in taxes, Gary. But yeah. the- taxes that they owe. And the way it works is this. If you're a typical American, like I suspect most of the press people... This is where I think he starts going to like... Is this... He's reading off a teleprompter. So mm-hmm. obviously... He always does. Right, but I mean, obviously he couldn't even get... You know, he he couldn't even get... This in his mind, he has to read his teleprompter. So, so they write it down for him, so maybe he can understand it. I, in other words, I don't know if he's read the House and Ways bill, mm-hmm. but this is how he explains it to us. You pay your taxes. Okay. Why? Because you get a W two form. Oh, have you heard of that? It comes here? in the mail. Every it does. Year. Okay, first of all, I don't know how many people get a W-2 in the mail anymore, but... Your taxes get deducted from your paycheck. Okay. And you pay what is owed beyond that. Oh. Wow, Joe. That's as easy as that. (laughs) Why do we need uh, 40,000 pages of tax code? Because it's as simple as that, Gary. Yeah, it's simple. That's why 99% working people pay the taxes they owe. Oh. But that's not how it works for people with tens of millions of dollars. Oh. They play by a different set of rules. You mean they not, use it, opportunities in the complicated well, tax code and hire really smart tax people? Not that we don't have any data on how politicians use the rules. I was going to say, well, usually they exempt themselves from rules. Often not employees themselves. So the IRS can't see what they make and can't tell if they're cheating. That's how many of the top 1% get away with paying virtually nothing. It's estimated by a serious economist that that number is about $160 billion collectively owed each year that doesn't get paid. It's not an even playing field. My plan would help solve that. For example, it would give the IRS the resources it needs keep up with the lawyers and accountants and the super of the super wealthy it would ask just for two pieces of information from the banks of these folks that amounts amounts that come into their bank accounts and what amounts yeah he's got they're gonna so they're gonna micromanage everyone yeah no longer hide what they're making they couldn't yeah. even police. I mean, the government's going to do that well. If How are they going to possibly? They want to track transactions over six hundred dollars. I have a couple because of that's the super wealthy. Because only about, the super wealthy would ever deposit you know, more than six hundred dollars in, in a checking account. I was going to say you don't think people's car payments. I mean, that's a good car, but um, rent might be, or I'm sure that it might be more than six hundred dollars. And I'm sure that wouldn't be a burden on the institutions and the to try to report every transaction. I'm thinking over six hundred dollars, student loan debt. Oh. And they can finally begin to pay their fair share what they owe. Oh my gosh, if I hear fair that share one more time. Taxes. It's about the super wealthy finally beginning to pay what they owe. We're for those who love to discover. Right. Oh, brother. I have to, all right, so we'll talk about what does the House Ways and Means Committee, how mm-hmm. they interpret the president's words about paying your fair share. But that's not it. Carrie, also, be, don't let me talk about tax all day. Okay. Because you know I can do it, right? Right. Oh, absolutely. So we will stay on this for a while. And we'll we'll, we'll, we'll try to get the highlights. But I also um, want to follow up on, you know, something that came out a couple of weeks ago. And that was when the, the Social Security trustees, right, Medicare trustees, said that, uh-oh, we're running out of Social Security a little bit faster than what we thought, right? Okay. And the idea that if there is no act, action by Congress and we stay on the same course, that there's the risk that Social Security would have to start slashing benefits of those, uh, you know, our collecting Social Security by the year 2035. And the benefit cuts would be in a range of 20 to 25 percent. Somewhere, say, you know, 22, 23 percent, something like that. So what I was saying a couple of weeks ago on the show was that, okay, so are you sitting at home worrying about that? 
you could do it. You could, I guess you could do it that way. Or do you want to be more proactive and run a new financial model that assumes that does happen? So in other words, you don't have to listen to your neighbor of whether or not a social security cut would mean they could take less you know, trips to Hawaii in retirement. It's the idea that does, would that affect your financial plan that would any way affect your retirement date if you haven't retired yet or your discretionary spending if you're already in retirement. So I'm going to use a case study of, of mm-hmm. one of our clients who earlier in the year, because this has not been a new issue. Right. This idea that there could be a possible cut. I was going to say, or can any, I mean, it can be, remember when the fiscal cliff with Obama and everybody, we had people doing massive Roth conversions and they felt like they had a target on their back. Right. And and this house ways and means is creating another fiscal cliff, which we'll talk about. But back to the social security is that, yeah, this was one of our clients who did take that proactive step and built in the assumptions, the more conservative assumptions and what it turned out to be. So, Carrie, get us started. All right. And that's exactly a good example of what we do at the estate planning team. And the estate planning team is the company that sponsors this radio program, Financial Food for Thought, every Saturday morning from 9 to 10. And it's a financial educational talk program. And the estate planning team who sponsors this program is an affordable, fee-based, Ohio-registered fiduciary planning firm. And what we are known for is building plans and providing people with detailed analysis for different financial decisions. And a big part of what we do is look for opportunities in every economic situation. And there may be a lot of opportunities for people between now and the end of the year that may, may want to implement in case some of these things do get passed or that you're, you know, a lot of times people have opportunities they often miss. And our job is you might be okay, Um, But are you not doing things in your life, as Mark said, because you're worried or concerned? It might be the Social Security. It might be inflation. It might be future taxes. It might be health care costs, a long-term care stay, a premature death of a spouse. Whatever that is that you're concerned and think may happen, we can use a financial model to model that worry in. Because sometimes when you have all those bases cover and you run a worst-case scenario and you know what steps you can take and strategies to use and that you're going to be okay or you at least know how to adjust you're more comfortable taking that leap to spend money maybe that you didn't before. And also is, you know, looking at analysis for different areas of your financial life. And we help people both who are working or who are already in their retirement years get the best results possible. And the estate planning team offers a free, no obligation, no pressure consultation. And we actually do some analysis for that consultation. We can do consultations by phone or in person. And um, we're scheduling now through the actual end of the year. I had a couple of people call and get on the early December schedule recently. Um, but if you want to look at year end issues and if there's anything you can do, um, you need to ha- come in and have that um, for the free consultation. And if you use our services, there's time. You need to allow time for analysis and then actually to implement those things and make sure things are done correctly. But take advantage of a free consultation at 440 440- Two three nine twenty ninety, or visit financialfoodforthought.com. That's four four zero two three nine twenty ninety, or financialfoodforthought.com. I also wanted to mention we have our updated IRA. IRA, meaning tax qualified assets, IRAs, company plans, or similar assets, and Roth planning class. We still have some space available on Wednesday, September 22nd at 3 p.m. in Middleburg Heights. There's a great new handouts included. We're going to talk about rules, costly mistakes, misconceptions, strategies to minimize the overall tax impact, Roth contributions, conversion rules, the SECURE Act and how it made changes for owners of these assets and changes to the stretch IRA and making people aware um, of those issues. So if you own these assets, even if you're already taking minimum required distribution, it's a great class to attend. And if you're uncomfortable coming out to the class, call us. We can send you a copy of the workbook or better yet, if you come in or by phone or in person for a free consultation, we'll talk about your actual numbers and do a projection of 
um, the impact of those assets and show you possible opportunities. And again, that's 440-239-2090 or visit our website at financialfoodforthought.com. And you're listening to Carrie Waddell and Mark Donnelly this morning. All right. And we're burning down the House plan, Carrie, right? Mm. Um, so it barely got out of the House Ways and Means Committee. The vote was 22 to 20. Okay. And it's not a done deal, right? I mean, mm-hmm. now it goes to the full House, right? Mm-hmm. And then it gets shipped over to the Senate. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the Senate's going to have at it. And then I think if the Senate has big changes, it goes back to the House. And then finally, it would wind up on President Biden's desk if mm. all if they got enough votes. And they don't have a big margin of votes mm-hmm. and that's what's intriguing now i don't know who really, who really makes up the house ways and means committee i mean we know richard neal is a chairman a lot of power there i don't know if like aoc's on it or not oh mm. did you see her dress at the met gala i, I just saw a trending story tax the rich mm. yeah yeah in her case i think it's you know tax the rich with a capital b yeah I, I, it was she's it, so out of touch yeah, but I mean, that was they're looking into that if that was uh, campaign financing. In other words, she, I'm sure she didn't pay the $30,000, you know, dinner plate to yeah, get I into that. Yeah, I wonder who did that. I wondered. I was like, that's not really a place for politics. I don't and think. And of course, the dress was borrowed, you know, I mean, by famous, you know. Remember, she said the designer was an immigrant and it's really like just some. So. Doesn't she? Do you believe anything? <laughs> the the dress politics? designer was from Canada, you know, who, yeah. who I think is like, <laughs> it's either like dating or a fiance of. Of, of like the one of the big uh, I think it's the Seagram's uh, oh. dynasty, you know, whatever. But she, you know, but he, but AOC tried to politicians lie. So anyway, so what is in? Let's burn it down. Let's what's in this? And I'm not. This isn't in any special order, Carrie. This is just bullet points. I got to go through these fast because I got about ten of these. Right. Okay. Um, again, this is not law yet, but it, the question is: Does this? Uh, would this affect you? So you do have to worry about it before end of year, let's say, mm-hmm. or does it not? And you can move on with your retirement. Right. right? Um, now, one of the things we did get some clarity out of the House Ways and Means on what how they interpret Biden's campaign promise not to tax anyone making under $400,000 a year. Mm-hmm. So uh, under so all through the House Ways and Means uh, proposals, they kept coming back to the same thing. They're talking about taxable income. Now, remember, that's not adjusted gross income, nor is it modified adjusted gross income. Okay. It's taxable income, you know, after deductions and things. So, you know, and so for a single person, it's the 400000 Okay. But here's now for married filing jointly, it's 450000 not 800000 Okay. That's got some people upset. Mm-hmm. All right. For head of household, it's four hundred and twenty-five thousand. For married filing separately, it's four hundred thousand. So right there is a loophole, right? In other words, mm-hmm. you tell me married filing jointly, the four hundred and fifty thousand is a threshold, but married filing separately, we each could have four hundred and both be under the threshold. Hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, what else? And and maybe I'll just quickly say to get people's fears relieved what's not in this plan all right so you heard a lot of talk that they were going to try to eliminate the step up in basis mm-hmm. that is not in the house ways and means plan all right okay um that is that did not make it you might so, lose your seat for that one okay um how about elizabeth warren's net worth tax you know on the ultra millionaires well, that's when I said it would never get, in my opinion, it could never get implemented because it's a constitutional 16th Amendment issue, debate. You know, I mean, the, 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 the Constitution, you know, the 16th Amendment was talking about the right to tax income. You know, the Congress shall have the power and, and to lay and collect taxes on income from whatever source is derived. But it's different when you're talking about taxing assets that haven't been sold yet. All right. And the whole liquidity issue of that is just mind boggling. Right. And the valuation and how how would you how would you even watch that dog that every year if you're trying to you know implement that tax every year? Um, so Elizabeth Warren's net worth tax did not make it. All right. Um, 
you know, Bernie Sanders wanted to pay your fair share. Remember, right. he had his he 99.5% act where he wanted to lower the federal state tax exemption to $3.5 million. Not in the plan. Okay. Now, there is an estate tax cut. Adjustment. Adjustment right. in the exemption, but not down to the $3.5 million. All right. Um, the salt cap relief. You know, a lot of people were saying, you know, that's a 10000 cap on how much you can deduct on Schedule A for state and local taxes. That supposedly, you know, was something that was put in with a Trump's tax plan to help pay for Trump's tax plan. But it's a, it, the Democrats felt it was really only hurt the, uh, you know, the, the, the blue states, you know, New York, California, because they have the highest property taxes and they didn't get any deductions for it, which to me is a state issue, not a federal tax right, issue. I but was going to say. Whatever. I, I mean, I want Joe Biden to explain that to me like Explain me uh, of all those silly, how those W twos work because I was so confused on how W twos worked. Oh yeah, I'm so glad he. he well, spent I think, time I think he needed to us. just focus on what the little things he does know. Um, but the uh, no, so the salt cap relief, you know, where the Democrats have been saying they wanted in there, didn't get in there. All right. Um, so, and what did they not go after? Well, there is absolutely no limitations. We'll talk about some limitations on the 401k plans and the IRA plans. But there are no changes or limitations on the defined benefit plans, all those old pension plans, which, by the way, are mostly public, right, pension plans. No changes. There. And they didn't go after anything with the islets, you know, those old irrevocable life insurance trusts, mm-hmm. Gary, right, because that's going to come back into play. Where do you see the life insurance agents come out of the woodwork if right. they do lower the federal state tax exemption? Right, because yeah. it was a good strategy when the exemption was low. And there's nothing in here going after those. All right. Um, so what is in there? Okay. Um, probably some of the, okay, they want to end the backdoor and the mega backdoor Roth strategies, Carrie. Now, okay. we've been talking a lot about those on this show for many, many years, mm-hmm. trying to get people to say, yeah, if it, it could be a good opportunity for you to get money into a tax-free wrapper, you know, for the mm-hmm. rest of your life and or if you're planning on passing it to your heirs, all right? Now, a lot of things, what we saw is when these things would be act, you know, uh, come into play. Right. In other words, are they going to be retroactive? Mm-hmm. Are they going to be in the future? So you have to kind of, we're keeping our eyes on that. So the backdoor Roth contribution, right? That would take effect after 2031. Oh. So it would still give you 10 more years to take the, to what? use that opportunity. They don't need the money now? I, maybe it gives them time for the congressman to get it done. Or maybe are they hoping people will hurry up and do it and do distributions? But also, that would only, that restriction is only for if you're making over that 400000 Okay. The backdoor Roth conversion, you know. Do they have inflation built into that? Because... 400,000 in 10 years. It's a good question, and yes. Okay. Uh, most of these says that, that, that 400,000 would go up with inflation. So um, how about, though, the mega backdoor Roth, right, which I call the barn door. That's right. where if you're in a company plan like a 401K and a, and a plan allows you excess contributions after tax, but then because of that favorable IRS ruling a number of years ago, it would allow you to take that after-tax basis and immediately can you know get it out of the 401k into a Roth IRA and then all the future growth would be tax free in the Roth IRA great plan I, we've had a lot of clients who've picked up on that plan now not everybody has that opportunity but it, you know now that is going away Carrie for everyone Ooh. not just those making over 400,000 okay. and that's going away at the end of this year oh so there's the point of if that was something you were going to look at, and by the way, Mark, you talked in the, if you want to check out our podcast when you were talking about those mega Ross or backdoor barn door um, in September, earlier September and August, you were talking about those. So you can go back and listen on. to the po- uh, podcast on that, but it's a great concept. And if you're not sure about that and you want to implement it in 2021, you know, take advantage of that free consultation. All right. Um, how about other retirement account changes? All right. So they're going, you know, I call this the Peter Thiel, uh, bill, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. because we talked about that, uh, that a, a lot of Democrats got really upset because Peter Thiel's got $5 billion in his Roth IRA, right? Mm-hmm. Funded by $2,000 contributions, right? Now, 
So yes, um, if you if you've got over ten million dollars in combined IRA and qualified plans like four hundred one ks, you will be prohibited from contributing any more to them. Okay. Okay. And you will also have a new RMD that doesn't necessarily take effect when you're seventy two. It would take effect now, where each year you would have to take whatever in excess you've added or that you've grown in that over that ten million carry, right? The RMD would be fifty percent of that excess. Okay. All right. Now again, this is back for only affecting those making over the four hundred thousand. Four hundred and fifty married jointly, four hundred and twenty five head of household. 400,000 married filing separately. Okay. And for those even higher than 20 million, it would even be a larger RMD. Okay. Pay your fair share, Carrie. Mm-hmm. All right. How about on the Roth conversions, Carrie? Gone. Oh, co- completely? Well, no. For those making over 400,000. 400, okay. Repeal. Um, you know, you're just not going to be able to. And this is something that I've been now, also saying on this show for decades. You know, going back to when, remember when they lift, remember you couldn't do Roth conversions. A lot of people couldn't. Yeah, that was, that was back in 2010. They Mm -hmm. changed that rule in 2010 that you couldn't do Roth conversions if you had over a hundred thousand dollars of modified adjusted gross income. Mm -hmm. So I always said, if they ever wanted to cap what was being sheltered in Roth IRAs, it wouldn't necessarily, you'd be grandfathered, you know, whatever you right. had in there. But you wouldn't be able to do additional. You might not be able to additional, which was one of the reasons why we've been promoting Roth conversions, you know, with that threat that they may someday close the door on that. And this House Ways and Means proposal would. Again, the threshold, if you're making over 400000 a lot higher than 100000 right? which was the rule back in 2010. Now, when does that go into effect? Uh, 2031. Okay. Uh, the same, um, you know, the same 10 year period. Okay. Um, let's see. Okay. Well, we know that the uh, big bad corporations are going to have to pay their fair share, Carrie, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so what did the house ways and means? Yes. They want to raise the corporate income tax rate, not to the 28% the president Joe Biden wanted, but they, they's, uh, compromised on 26 and a half percent. You always okay. got to get that half percent in there, Carrie, because a half a percent and these and these dollars matters. Right. Right. Um, remember, the Trump's tax cut lowered it from 35 percent to 21 percent. Now, again, though, there's a threshold here. This is for companies with incomes greater than five million dollars. So this is not going to hurt the mom and pop shop. Um, all right. Um, now. Actually, they're saying the smaller companies are actually going to get some lower tax brackets. Um, also, the minimum tax on foreign income. They want to increase that from 10.5% to 16.6%. Again, Biden wanted to go to 21%. The House Ways and Means compromised at 16.6%. Okay. Um, I already said the step up in basis. They, the House Ways and Means left it alone, didn't even want to deal with it. Um, okay. Okay, individual tax rates. Okay, so the top rate would go up from the current 37% back up to 39.6%. This would be in 2022, not retroactive for 2021. And again, for those $400,000 thresholds that we we keep mentioning. But also there would be a higher surtax, 3%, for individuals and married filing jointly who have AGIs in excess of $5 million. Right. Well, that doesn't apply to too many people. No, but those people really got to pay their fair share here. Well, I'm sure they are, or I'm sure they're paying their fair share share to uh, smart CPAs and tax All right. attorneys. All right. How about capital gains tax? A lot of talk about Ooh. capital gains increases, right? Um, so right now, remember Biden, President Biden um, wanted to put it up to the top ordinary right. income tax rate for the high net where you know, mm, over the that's four, not a popular the, no so the house ways and means they're compromised you know currently the top most people pay 15 percent long-term right. capital gain rates and qualified dividend rates we do a lot of a lot of our clients work to stay at the zero percent rate in that threshold 
If you don't know what that is, come to the class. Okay. Um, but but then the upper level ones pay 20% right now. Then when you add on the Obamacare surtax, that's another 3.8%. Okay. Right? Um, but so the House Ways and Means, they compromised at 25%. Okay. So they raised the 20% to 25%, um, not up to the 39.6%. Okay. That one, Carrie, mm-hmm. retroactive. Ooh. Okay. Now, we don't you know. So it's interesting because. Ooh, I see. That's not typical. Because when when President Biden was talking about raising it, remember, he announced it in his budget proposal or whatever. Right. He wanted retroactive back to that date. I, I forget what that date is now. Was that in April or something? But um, I think so. I'm not sure. And then, um, but now the House Ways and Means, they're saying their version would be retroactive to last Monday, the 13th of See, September. See, but I think that's hard to do retro. Why don't you just start at a new calendar year? Be- Carrie, I'm not here to defend. Oh, I know. You know, it's logic, it, fairness, or simplicity. It's just, you know, you know, our axiom, you know, talking about paying your fair share, right? Remember, remember our, you know, estate planning team axiom, okay, right? The only fair tax for all would be no tax at all. Right. Right. Um, other than that, it's not fair to somebody. Right. True. Um, all right. Uh, let's see. So, but I think that is the only one that I picked up is a retroactive one. The other ones w- would give you to, you know, perhaps to the end of the year to get some things in place. All right. So how about the estate taxes? Now, Carrie, you heard, I didn't hear much of President Biden talking about the, you know, getting into the weeds of the estate taxes because he was pretty busy explaining how W-2s work. Right. Because that's really critically important. Yeah. And nobody understands that. Um, But but as far (laughs) as the estate taxes. All right. There was only 881 pages in this proposal written just on estate tax law changes. Oh, I don't know if Biden's read them all yet. I don't know that he's read page one. I bet you. Um, I bet he won't read any of it. But he'll read the teleprompter and of that course, highlights it. I don't really have time to read all eight eight on pages. On I don't this think radio show. Plus, I know you want to get to the case study today. How much more time do I have, Carrie? Uh, you uh, better wrap it up. Okay. <laughs> so you have time to get to good. And we'll stay time. on this because again, this isn't law. No, it's got a long way to go. But you know, but this uh, this is a good place to end. Because this is the one where maybe some of you listeners out there do have to act if you are above these thresholds. Mm -hmm. So basically what the House Ways and Means Committee wants to do is repeal President Trump's doubling of the estate tax exemption, which took place in his 2017 tax act. Mm -hmm. By the way, that expires in at the end of 2025. So, if nobody does anything, right. so it's going to happen. It's an automatic. Anyways, that's why I think the House say, hey, we can squeak this in because it's going to happen anyways. Of course, unless the Republicans gain enough control right. in 2024 and the midterms in between to have enough votes to extend it or right. make them permanent, which was Trump's plan for his year two right. of his, uh, which he, you know, didn't get. Uh, you know, um, now. His second term is what I'm trying to say, Kerry. Um, so they want to cut it in half now. Now, there's some discrepancy. Does that mean, because currently, as you know, it's $11.7 million, right. right. So does. So what does half mean? Does it mean $5,850,000? Or does it mean without inflation? Remember, when when part of the incre- part of the change when they doubled it was that they said we're going to add inflation so right. that federal state exemption is going up remember that prior to that that wasn't in the law no it was just a flat amount right so so now we're not sure if the house ways and means are saying we're cutting it in half does be so before the cost of living increases it was 10 million so are they going to cut it to 5 or 5 million 850,000 right, right? We don't know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I, that's what I want. You know, I didn't hear President Biden mention that in, in his press. Shocking. Um, but but here's the other thing. They're also going after the advanced estate planning strategies that reduce the risk and exposure to federal state taxes. OK. All right. Um, including grantor trusts, intentionally defective grantor trusts. Okay. 
and one that's very been very popular in the last couple of years, the slats. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and what is a slat? A spousal lifetime access trust. Uh, access trust, right? Mm-hmm. It's just the idea of how you can shelter assets, um, you know, husband and wife, you know, and still the spouse would be able to get access to them if they needed it during lifetime. But if they didn't, then it would not have to go through the estate tax grinder at the time of their death. It's the idea of you use, it's a very, I, 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 this I don't have time to go into take care. I'll pick that up okay. on next week. But, you know, a slat is by definition, in a lot of cases, uh, you, you know, a uh, uh, intentionally defective grantor trust. And that's one of the, the ones they're going after. They're also going after those flip strategies, you know, those fan and LLC, you know, those family limited partnerships. That's right. where you would you would try to transfer. You would say your family really has a business. Right. And you're transferring shares of, of the business over to your children. But what you're trans, you're separating, you're not transferring voting shares, so they don't really have power to change anything. They're non-voting shares, so that way they get a, a discount on the valuation. Because, of course, a share that doesn't have any voting power is worth a lot less than a share that does. So it, they were using these valuation discounts that would lower the cost you know, from the estate tax right. purpose to move them over. So th- th- they're trying to go after those strategies. Now, they may still be available if it's true a family business where there's hard assets, where there are valuation discounts, but okay. not in these passive. You know, the, the Wall Street attorneys would create these. Pa- they would say, my business is stocks. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that's iffy. All right. Um, but like I said, the, the they did not say anything about going after irrevocable life insurance trusts. Okay. Which is, you know, still, and, and again, we've always said the life insurance industry has a very strong lobby. <laughs> and yeah. they're very protective of their tax-free wrapper around oh, life yeah. insurance and how you can move that outside the estate. So we'll talk more about that. But the point is, they also, we got kind of the reading between the lines. It, it appears that if you did want, if you were concerned that with if they do cut the federal state tax and it does give your family problems, if you, as long as you enter into these trusts before they make the law change, your grandfather. So maybe if you're close, and remember, for estate tax purposes, life insurance death benefits are included in that, the fair market value of your house. I think people, you know, their net worth isn't just your checking and savings, your company plan, your investments. It's other things included as far as the government's concerned, which people don't realize. So if you had a, a work policy or whole life of 500000 that's part of your estate or a million dollars. If something happens, that's part of your included in your taxable estate. Right. And so and the other thing that's part of the house ways and, and which is what Biden was talking about as well is. In order to watchdog all this, and that's why I'm saying if you're going to use one of these advanced strategies, you better cross your T's and dot the I's. We can't stress enough. Right. Coordination of advisors, the, working the attorney, your CPA, your investment advisors, mm-hmm. your financial planners. You better be sitting around a round table and having these discussions So you, because what they plan on doing is giving $80 billion to beef up the IRS. Mm. So use opportunities. Maybe you're not happy about that. Maybe you want to minimize what the government gets. Um, Those are all reasons to schedule a free consultation with the estate planning team. Remember, we're not investment advisors. We have lots of clients that do investing on their own or work with an existing investment advisor already. Um, If you don't know and you're looking for one, we can give you recommendations. We've worked with ones for many years, um, good ones that we coordinate. Um, Or you can schedule a free consultation to see if you're someone who can benefit from the type of planning. We're affordable. We have hourly and comprehensive retainers, and we're doing those free consultations by phone or in person. You can call 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. That's 440-239-2090 or financialfoodforthought.com. Don't forget, um, we do have a few spots left for next Wednesday, September 22nd at three o'clock in Middleburg Heights for our IRA Roth and tax qualified asset planning class that talks about many of these issues. 
whether you're you're someone who um, is 59 and a half or older and already taking minimum required distributions or um, not sure if you're when you're supposed to take required distributions because the SECURE Act changed those rules. And many people have opportunities like Mark talked about. And if they're proposed changes, you might want to act between now and the end of the year. There's a free workbook included. We do ask that you pre-register, though, at 440-239-2090 or financialfoodforthought.com. All right. You got Mark Donnelly and Carrie Waddell. <clears throat> Carrie, I've lost my voice okay. screaming about the burning down the house plan. But, yeah, let's switch gears because a couple of weeks ago on this show, we were all talking about the financial health of the Social Security mm-hmm. system and Medicare, which to me is a bigger problem than Social Security in terms of, it's an e- I think Social Security is an easier fix than Medicare. But the idea of saying, well, so are you just going to sit home and worry about it or just make a knee-jerk reaction and say, well, I guess I can't retire next year or I guess I can't you know, take that riverboat cruise? Or are you going to do something more proactive and say build a plan, an alternate plan, sometimes we call that plan R, this mm-hmm. case, it could stand for Social Security reduction. Right. And let's model in if there is that decrease coming in 2035. Mm-hmm. Is that going to be a big enough hit to your financial future, the longevity of your financial plan, that you do have to cut back or not? Okay. Are you still going to be okay? So this was a client of ours. And we had actually been working on this plan prior to that most recent because this is not a new issue. The, the, the trustees have been warning us. And when you got those Social Security benefit statements, they warned you right on there. We're running out of money. Right. Congress, tell your congressman to do something. Um, now, now, this particular case, the, and it, and, and the estate size is about $2.9 million, Carrie, right? Okay. And but that's not all investments, right? That's no. everything. Because you were just saying, right? remember, when you're if you're trying to figure out whether you are going to be under the threshold for estate taxes, if they lower it, cut it in half the threat exemption, you got to add in everything. You got to mm-hmm. in your you got to add in your house value. Right. You got to add in if you are the owner and the insured of a life insurance policy. It's the death benefit that's in your gross estate for estate tax purposes, not the cash value. Mm-hmm. Um, now. So in the investments, though, there's about 2.2, 2.3 million, all right? And you can say, well, Mark, why are these people worried about anything? They got two, they're, you know, they're retired, they got, they got 2.3 million. They are, okay? That's what we've been trying to tell everybody. It doesn't matter how much money you've got. Everybody is worried about running out. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a hard concept for people who don't have two to three million dollars in investments to understand it's all relative it's all relative but trust me it, it just if you you because you've increased your lifestyle as you've got to that level of assets mm-hmm. and the idea is I want to maintain that lifestyle when I'm in retirement and am I still going to have enough but in, in this client so plan A had already been created, right? And 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 you know, revised a number of times. And he's they were already taking a pretty um you know, a, a pretty conservative approach. We're always talking about making conservative and realistic assumptions, right? For example, you know, the they uh for in the plan that we put together from years ago when they were going through the retirement process, right? We were assuming a 3% inflation on daily living expenses, 5% okay. inflation on health insurance increases. Um, we were, you know, he was assuming a 5% rate of return on investments. Okay. They had built in, they wanted to self-insure for the long-term care risk. All right. So we had built, we had the longevity, we were going out to age 95. Okay. And we built in an end of life nursing home, long-term care cost. Right. Four years of, of, of a future assisted living. Ouch. For a total of about $725,000. Ouch. Right. Because we it. took today's cost. Right. Not going in today. They're probably not going in then 20 years, but. And we budgeted that in. Okay. And that plan A was working. 
Right? They weren't running out. They, and as a matter of fact, their net worth at the age 95, right, mm-hmm. was still in excess of $4 million. Okay. That's good news. Great for news. somebody who's when we come in, because sometimes it doesn't go that way. Which is why we've been telling them, you know, why don't you spend more? That's fun. That's always a fun conversation. Yeah. Why don't you and 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 spending me, you know, in, in travel, hobbies, home improvements or remodels you've always wanted to do could be charitable. Upgrade your cars. But it could be charitable. Now, they were very charitably inclined. Right. Gary, and that's one thing they did not skimp on. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, that's why they hadn't built in a lot for hobbies, because you know what their hobby was? Volunteering. Charity. Right. Okay. I'm, I'm talking big time. Right. All right. Uh, I'm talking daily in retirement, mm-hmm. you know, running charitable, you know, okay. you know uh, at the local church. And everything. So, yeah. So they were that was their hobby, basically. Um, so but yeah, or gifting. I, I mean, family, mm-hmm. you, you know, which is another thing. So but and they would say and we, we'd keep bringing this up and they're like, yeah, you know, I could show them all day long that they're not running money on paper. Right. But. But guess what? They weren't increasing anything in the budget. Okay. Um, they just kept coming back and say, yeah, how about spending more? How about hobbies? Mm, no, we don't really have any hobbies. Well, how about maybe do your kids anymore? Giving kids? Yeah, maybe. But guess what? No. It's like, what is up? So then we had a more drilled down conversation. They're saying, yeah, but we're worried about these other things. We're worried about inflation. We're worried what happens if Social Security is cut. They had no pensions. They did right. have Social Security. And that's a reason why people say don't spend when they see a plan. There's still some reason not comfortable or there's something they're worried about that's preventing right. them. And so this is where, you know, if you go to your investment advisor, he may say, oh, well, don't worry. I can get you 8% rate of return instead of 5 that's not what this, this comfort level was is for this couple. As a matter of fact, they wanted to go the other way. They were more con- they were more concerned with the low interest rates right now and the potential of a market downturn. They we you know, we already built in a minor economic downturn. That was already built in their plan, but they're also like, I don't I, you know, I don't think we're gonna get five percent. At least not on their non qualified. They were comfortable with the five percent in their qualified plans, Gary, because that was professionally managed and that had been doing that. Their non qualified kept the big cash reserve, right? Um, and that was weighing down their and, and that's the ability of getting real is that we may be using different rates of return depending on the characteristic of your investment. Right. Right. And they also had a Roth IRA going. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, they're okay with the 5% of the Roth IRA, but they wanted to lower the risk or the rate of return on the non-qualifying. So Mark, what if we can only get 3% instead of five? Okay. And they wanted to raise inflation. They said, let's raise inflation. Instead of using 3% on daily living expenses, let's up it to 4%. And instead of using 5% on health insurance inflation, let's make it 6%. And let's build in a 25% cut in future Social Security benefits. So we're, we're, and we didn't even give them that, you know, right now the cost of living increase for 2022 is, is projected to be over 6%. But we didn't use that in the plan. We've been using 1.2% conservative numbers for Social Security increases. Right. So by the time they get out to 35, our current projection in their plan A was saying that their combined Social Security is going to be about $63,000. Okay. So we're going to build in a 25% cut of that. It's going to be, we're going to just tell the robot, assume only 47,000 at that point. Okay. That's right. a big difference, especially when you're combining it with 6% inflation. Now, then we said too, we don't, we never want their cash reserve to get below about, well, they're not qualified about a hundred thousand dollars. So that's Curren- their cushion. Yeah. Currently, they're above that because we are getting them ready for retirement. And we said, yeah, build up your cash reserve because in those years where you're not, you know, collecting Social Security, now they are collecting Social Security. But I mean, those those window years. And right. so that's and they when they weren't spending like that, they would because they were worried and they about had, these other things. But they also had the cash reserve that allowed them to do some Roth conversions and all those good things. Okay. So when we made those changes, we call that the plan R, mm-hmm. right? All right. That did hit. That did a hit. But you know, they weren't running out of money. So now keeping all the other spending in place, okay. but making these more conservative assumptions for 
decrease in Social Security, higher inflation, decrease in rate of return on non-qualified investments. Their $4 million state at age 95 was now down to about 2.8. Okay. But they had a lot more peace of mind. And more comfortable taking the leap to maybe spend or know they really could spend and believed in their spending. Right. That sometimes takes time when you're a saver. We've had lots of clients over yeah. the years. Over the decades. You uh. think, Carrie, you know, we don't stop at the plan R. No. Not if now plan R is still working. Right. Now we go back and say, hey, what about plan B? Okay. Because we just made your plan. We took care of all those things you were worried about. Mm-hmm. And you still are not running anywhere near running out of money at age 95. And we're also trying to create the income they need tax efficiently, which is taking advantage of opportunities, which actually creates more net spendable dollars, which you don't have nearly enough time to talk about. But as far as all those other expenses, and I think sometimes people's might were your retirement and maybe the kids are growing, you're in that saving, saving, saving. And then it's like, well... When we ask them, like, how much do you want to budget for travel? They don't know. Sometimes we have to say, okay, this is how much additional you can spend each year and not run out of money. And then the fun part is them to say, do I want to spend it on hobbies? Do I want to spend it on, or does it make me feel good knowing I could spend? And that gives me so much more peace of mind and not worrying if there's a market downturn or something else. Right. And as I said, we already had in the plan a market downturn, an economic downturn. Now, so what do we do? So so we went back, and now they're more comfortable talking about increasing their spending. Right. And or their family gifting. Mm-hmm. Or charitable. Okay. No, charity care, they were fine. Okay. They already maxed out what they wanted to do for charity. It was, Believe me, it was very charitable. Right, and, that, now, and that's a non-negotiable for some people. And they wanted to do charities while they were living. Right. That was their key there. All right. That's not everybody's plan. That was their plan. All right. So first of all, we said they didn't, they originally didn't budget a lot in for a home um, repairs. Now they had done all the major stuff, and that, and and they had done all the big stuff. But we, but they still are only budgeting about three thousand in Plan A. We had an extra two thousand a year just for other stuff, just to say, yeah, don't worry about buying mulch, right? Um, mm-hmm. For for additional lifestyle. Remember, they didn't build only hobbies because their charity was their hobbies. Well, we forced them to say, yeah, let's just build. We build in three thousand a year just for fun money. Maybe mm-hmm. going out to dinner a little bit more. Maybe going to a show. You know, maybe going to a, a sporting event. Things like that. Travel. We doubled their travel budget from seventy five hundred dollars a year to fifteen thousand a year. Nice. Now again, we, that's going out to age eighty. They said we're going to be doing the travel by then. For family gifting, we doubled from they were planning on about six thousand a year. But what's happening, which is very common, the kids are starting to have grandkids. The grandkids are starting to get married. There's more, you know, there's more people graduating from college. There's more weddings. There's more, mm-hmm. there's, there's more family gifting. We doubled their family gifting budget from 6000 to 12000 a year. All right. Now they were saying, oh, Mark, there's no way this plan's going to work. Well, plan was working. And now their projected plan at the end of age 95 is about $1.9 million. And... Part of that was what you were just saying. We worked out our, our, our RMD. To, uh, we weren't going to wait for RMDs. We we're going to do an accelerated IRA distribution plan. What they don't need for their cash reserve or spending goes into a Roth conversion so that by the end of the time, everything is working fine. All right, we're running out of time. All right, have a good weekend. Go Browns. Tune in next week for more financial food for thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening.